morning, everybody. Thank you, band, for that awesome time of worship. I know Coxie, Coxie said this last week, but it really is such a blessing to be able to come together and to have such beautiful music um, and to be able to join together and celebrate how awesome our God is. Um, so, yeah, very thankful for that. Um, I'm just going to start off this morning by just sharing that. Um, well, first of all, does anyone ever just have those times where they're in a situation or maybe they're reading the Word and they can just really, really relate to one particular person in the Bible and, and they can really relate to the struggle that they went through or um, how God was teaching them something? Um, this morning, I'm relating to Jonah a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been pretty terrified of standing up here this morning and sounding all squeaky. <laughs> yeah, um, sometimes, sometimes we're called to do things and it's terrifying and it seems... <clears throat> It seems out of our comfort zone. Sometimes we're called to do something and we don't, we don't feel equipped. Sometimes we're called to do something and we, we don't feel like we have enough experience. We don't feel like we have enough knowledge. We don't feel like we have enough power to be able to do that. And that was, and that was kind of what Jonah went through, went through and it's, it's what I'm going through this morning and sometimes you just want to run away and you want to hide from the world um, and not see anyone for a good week or two <laughs> but <laughs> I love you Bernie but um, oh, if there's one thing that God's teaching me this morning it's irony godly irony because this morning I'm going to be speaking on genuine obedience <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so the, the series that we've got um, over the last few weeks and a few more weeks to come, what on earth am I here for? And we're looking at the series on the Sermon on the Mount. Um, yeah, so this morning, genuine obedience. What does it mean to be genuinely obedient? What does it mean to not just um, do things before? because you're told not just do things because you're a slave and you have to, but what is genuine obedience? What is stepping out because you have a heart of obedience? You have a heart to, to please the Father. You have a heart to partake in his, in his work. So, mm. so I'll just start off. So the Bible is full of courageous and inspirational stories that all come together from, from God's awesome plan. The Bible is full of stories of like Daniel, of how he, he refused to obey the laws that told him not to pray to his God. There's Abraham who he led his son, his, his child to the altar to sacrifice him because that's what God asked him to do. Jonah as well. Jonah was, was called to go and speak to the Ninevites. He didn't want to and he tried to run away, but after a bit of persuasion, he was able to see that obedience is so key. God's power is displayed mightily through genuine obedience. 
And that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. So if you've got a Bible, um, open it up to Matthew chapter 5. And I'm just going to read uh, a little bit this morning. Um, I won't read the entire passage because we'll be here for a little while, but um, I'll start. So Matthew 5, verse 21. So this is Jesus' words. You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, which means uh, it's like a form of contempt, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you are still together on the way or your adversary may hand you over to the judge and the judge may hand you over to the officer and you may be thrown into prison. Truly I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. Now Jesus gives us clear instructions on so many different topics here. As you... If you were to continue through uh, the whole passage I've been given this morning, there's clear instructions on on murder, on adultery, divorce, oaths, revenge, and having love for enemies. And as we've just read, and it's constant throughout the whole time, well, Jesus was a fantastic teacher. He never... um, He he always spoke truth. He always spoke life. He always spoke... Uh, only what the Father said to him. And so he gives us clear instructions and we can, we can go through and we can understand exactly what, what he's saying about each of these particular topics. Now, each of, each of the commands that he has for these particular issues are so unnatural to the ways of this world. <coughs> We're called to love our enemies. That's, a, that's a, an otherworldly sort of um, thing to do because, I mean, growing up in this world, we're always taught if someone hurts you, you hurt them back just as bad so they know not to hurt you again also that they can't hurt you anymore. But with Jesus and with God, it's the complete flip side. If you get slapped on one side of the face, turn your other cheek also. It's, it's just like Andrew was saying in the last few weeks, it's a, it's, uh, it's a form of being meek we're given power by God, but we, wanna, we, we need to keep that power under control, like that Mack truck sitting at the traffic lights. It could very easily power through and overpower all of those uh, cars coming through, but it stops and it waits for the green light to go. So because um, a, lot of, a lot of the commands that Jesus gives us, a lot of the commands that God gives us, even just individually in our own lives, because... They're, they are all so unnatural to this world. We can't do it on our own. We can't, we can't walk in the way that God wants us to walk by ourselves and on our own strength. It's so important for us to have genuine obedience to God, to know that he's there to lift us up, to know that he's there to empower us, to know that his saving grace is, 
has the power to transform lives no matter how old or how young you are. So as I was preparing this message, I found myself reflecting on uh, my own walk with God. Um, I became a follower of Jesus when I was just a little kid. I, I'm not sure if I was eight or a little bit older. Um, but uh, when I was a child, or when, when, you're, when you're a child, when, when you're a young person, and you know you're still, particularly when you know that you've got a lot of uh, physical growing to do, you also have this childlike humility. We understand that um, I don't know everything in the world that there is to know yet. My mom and dad can, can teach me things. Um, my teachers can teach me things. It might not come across that way. Some of you parents might be going, oh, but my kids are a bit of a know-it-all sometimes. Um, but on some level, I do believe that all ch children have that childlike humility because they're not afraid to ask questions. They're not afraid to come up and, you know, if there's a situation they're not sure what to do, children are so much more likely to come and to ask an adult, help me, what do I do? Where do I go from here? And it's that childlike humility that, um, for me, as, as a child Christian, however many years ago, it seemed pretty straightforward to me that there was a lot that God could teach me because I already knew in this world there's just a lot for me to learn because I'm only little. Um, but it also made it very easy for, for me to know growing up surrounded or in a Christian family, surrounded by Christian um, friends, being taught each week uh, from the Word. Um, it was pretty straightforward to me that there's a lot that God can teach me. So in this sense, as I was a child growing up, it wasn't the most difficult thing in the world to accept and obey God's teachings. Now, as I've grown up, um, and some might classify me now as an adult Christian, um, it's extremely tempting to think that I've got it all together and that I've, I've reached a point of learning where now I can just plateau and just kind of cruise through the rest of my life without having any more you know, growth in God. Um, it's so tempting to think like that, hey. A friend of mine recently said um, on a Facebook post something along the lines of, the more I learn about God, the more I realise how much I have to learn. Has anyone ever had that, um, yeah, anyone ever had that realisation before where maybe they've been reading the Bible and they thought that they knew all there was to know about this passage and then something sticks out to you that's never stuck out to you before and you're like, whoa, that just opens up a whole new avenue of, of learning that I didn't think was there. It was a few months ago, my... Um, I was just sitting at home and my dad was sitting in his, cap, uh, in his chair as he, as he always does and he's reading the word because uh, for as long as I, I can remember, dad's always been a studier of the word and he's always um, committed himself to, um, yeah, to studying and getting wisdom from God. And so, I mean, to me, no offence dad, dad's a little bit old, right? So, <laughs> so he's... <laughs> To me, I, I could. <laughs> to me, I could very, very easily think, "Oh my goodness, okay, Dad's been studying the Word for ages. He's, you know, he's got to have it all together. He's got to know all there is to know." But there was this one day I was sitting at home, <laughs> and Dad just—I don't know if he was speaking to me or if he was just thinking out loud—but he was just like, oh, "It's amazing. Every time I open open the Bible, there's always something new that God has to teach me." 
And how true is that? Every time that we open the Bible, every time we open our minds and open our hearts to God, there is a new opportunity for teaching. There's a new opportunity for growth. What an awesome walk we have with Jesus. We're not called to become uh, baby Christians and then get really excited for like a month or a year or so and then become stale and live the rest of our life as stale Christians. But no, there'll never be a time in our lives where we can sit down and say, that's it, no more growth for me. I'm done. God can't teach me anything else. If nothing else this morning, I would just like to wa- I would just like to awaken some of us who have forgotten that childlike humility. What has God got to teach you? How is God calling you to obey him? One of the things that gets me excited about uh, learning something new from God is just thinking back to a time in my life where God has taught me something new. And I'm sure for, for some of us, we might have those memories in our own lives of this individual time that we've had with God where he's opened up something to us. Uh, maybe, maybe we've even heard about something that's, that's happened to someone else and they've been taught uh, and fresh revelation has been brought to them that excitement that comes out of it, the excitement that, oh my goodness, the God of the universe, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the saviour of the world, our Father, he wanted to teach me something. He took time on that day to teach me something new. He he, He didn't just do that just for the heck of it. He wants to build each and every one of us because he has a purpose, a unique purpose, on each of our lives to be a part of his plan. Now, those days are not over. The days where we can get excited and we can get hyped that God wants to teach us something new, those days are not over. The saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, it doesn't apply to Christians. (laughs) We never become old dogs with God because God's not old, he's everlasting. He's eternal, and that will be the same for us. He brings us into eternal life, and we go from strength to strength in his grace and in his glory. Now, don't get me wrong. The Bible does not say that it is obedience to God uh, that causes him to love us. It is our obedience to God that causes us to be forgiven. That's not the case at all. The Bible clearly tells us That through Jesus, our salvation, our rescue is based on grace and not by our own works. So if you're here this morning and and you've never uh, made that decision, you've never given your life to God, maybe you you don't know much about God at all, maybe you've never heard, heard the gospel, I'll let you know it's really simple. It's really simple. Every single person in this earth has has fallen short. Me, my parents, the people around me, the Pope, everyone's fallen short. No one is good enough for the standards. But that's where God's grace comes in. It's not a hopeless situation. God gives us hope. God gives us grace. And all we need to do is just have that childlike humility and say, 
God, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I don't know how to save myself. Would you, would you come into my life? Would you be my Lord? Would you be my Saviour? And every single time when we come to him with that genuine heart of humility, that genuine heart of, of wanting to come into his family, every time he will forgive you, every time he will welcome you into his family. So our salvation is based on grace and not by our own works. Obedience to God should never be because we feel like we have something to prove. Jesus has already proved anything that there is to prove on the cross 2,000 years ago. He silenced death. He silenced sin. He silenced the enemy. And he's empowered us. So obedience is never, should never come out of a place of, I need to do this because I need to be good enough. I need to do this because, uh, because I'm a slave and that's what I have to do. But rather, genuine obedience comes out of a heart of obedience. A heart whose desire is to obey a loving father who has already grafted us into his family. So salvation comes first. God's forgiveness comes first. Our acceptance into his family comes first. And just holding on that thought there, just that thought alone could honestly fuel the excitement for a party for 100 million years. That's, it's so exciting what God has done for each of us. And then out of that, out of that forgiveness, out of that grace can come, oh my goodness, God is amazing. He loves me. He's eternal. He's all-powerful. He has a plan to seek and to save the lost. And, I, and he wants me to be a part of that plan. And out of my love for him, I want to step out in obedience. Out of my love for him, I want to trust him. I want to know that he will have my back. I want to know that even if I'm terrified to stand up and on stage and talk to however many people there are here, that he's with me. It's out of that, that, it's that verse, we love him because he first loved us. We obey our father because he first accepted us. So in Matthew uh, chapter 28, verses 19 to 20, uh, Jesus gives the Great Commission. And we've likely all heard this one before. So it says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. So the way I see it, there are three parts, uh, three essential parts of this great commissioning. Number one, he tells us to go and make disciples. Number two, he calls us to baptize them. How exciting we're having three people being baptized next week. What an awesome time that will be. And number three, teach them to obey Jesus' commands. To be honest, when I think of the Great Commissioning, the first two dot points there come to my mind really easily. I find those two really easy to remember. But the third one, it's not as grafted into my memory. And I don't know if that's just an individual thing um, or if, yeah, I'm not sure. But I believe that God's saying to me this morning, Obedience to God, it's not to be uh, underestimated. 
is not to be underestimated what God can achieve through a people who are willing to obey him, through a people who are willing to sacrifice uh, themselves, who are willing to sacrifice their time, who are willing to sacrifice um, their fear for him, to obey him. Now, in all the time that I've read about Jesus in the Bible, I've never heard him say something just because he felt like it and because it wasn't, you know, it was maybe important, but not really. When Jesus gives a command, it's for a good reason. And I believe that number three this morning, that we are called to teach disciples to obey God. I believe that that's a message this morning. Now, slight change of direction now, but has anyone ever seen on TV, uh, maybe on Australia's Got Talent or, or one of those talent shows, um, seen like a dance troupe up on stage where there's about 20 people up here and there's some awesome music going and they're all just... I mean, I would break out some dance moves if I had any, but <laughs> I might refrain. But has anyone, ever, has anyone ever seen a really awesome dance troupe, yeah, up, up on stage and just being like wowed by all the spins they're doing and they're all moving at exactly the same time and they all know what they're doing and it's just amazing. So, yeah, if, you, if you've seen one, you'll know the feeling of wonder and awe there is when there is 20 people up on stage all moving and all flowing in perfect unison. The performance is breathtaking and the execution is flawless. Now, does this just happen? No, it takes weeks, months and sometimes years for the dancers to develop and tr to train and to discipline their bodies to be able to move in the way that they do. They, uh, yeah, they need to discipline themselves to move with precise accuracy and not only that for themselves in the, with their own dance moves but to move in harmony with one another as well. They need to obey instruction from their choreographer. When they're, when they're learning to the, the dance, when they're learning how to play their part in the performance, they need to just obey orders without, without question. They, they need to trust that their choreographer has got a plan. They need to trust that their choreographer uh, has a vision for what can be achieved. They need to be in sync with the music. They need to know the song. They need to know uh, what part what part means what dance move. They need to be in sync with each other. They need to be close. They need to be together in unity. And they need to understand what there is to gain. That they're not just going to be dancing just uh, for no reason at all. But they're, they're, there's a reason. Maybe they're out to win a competition. Maybe they're just out to wow a crowd. But there's something to gain there. And each of the dancers know what it is. Now the same is true for us. God has an ultimate plan to outwork and he is gracious enough to include us in those plans. Let's take part in the dance. Let's obey instruction from the Lord. Let's be in sync with the music and in tune to what the Holy Spirit has to say to each of us. Let's be in sync with one another and come together in unity. Let's put our differences aside Let's forgive one another. Let's choose to see the good and to bring the good out of one another. And let's understand what there is to gain. People who don't know Jesus, that's what's to gain. People who don't know that they are loved, that's what's to gain. 
People who don't realise that they were created for a purpose. People that don't, don't realise how mighty they can be in their loving Father. That's what's to gain. They are the reason God wants us to be in this dance. What, what is God teaching each of us this morning? What is Jesus commanding us to do in our lives right now? I know in the, in the scheme of things, watching things on, on the news, just seeing the state that our, our world is in, terrible things on the news, not just in this country, but all around the world, it can be incredibly overwhelming. It's very easy to become disheartened in the face of such scary times. But God just calls us to do our part. He doesn't call us to take on the whole burden of the world. Jesus carried that on his shoulders and God doesn't want us to take, take the burden. All he wants us to do is to trust him, to listen to him, to see and to, to say to God, okay, God, what is it that you want me to do individually? Maybe, uh, maybe there's some habits that we need to kick. Maybe God has something to say to you about Matthew chapter 5. Maybe God is calling you out of something old and into something new. Maybe God's just calling you to just come and be still. Maybe God's just calling you just for an hour to come out of your busy schedule and to just sit with God and to just, to just let his love just permeate through you. I don't believe that God wants to control us all like robots and he doesn't have the same purpose for each and every one of us. But it's all about just coming to that place of, okay, God, I'm ready to, I'm ready to hear what it is you're wanting me to, to, to do. I'm ready to trust you even when I'm terrified. I'm ready to step out. I'm ready to do the hard yards because I know that you're with me I know that you'll never leave me, you'll never forsake me. And I know that through my small part, you can change the world. So let's never think that we're too mature to learn something and too old to be used in mighty ways as we obey our great and powerful God. God just wants to see us grow. He just wants to, he wants us to know how awesome we are. I believe we're already, we're all, you're already awesome. Each of us are already awesome because we are created in the image of God. We're not created in the image of failure. We're not created in the image of fear. We're created in the image of God and God is love. God is power. God is eternal. And it's just the distortion of sin. It's just lies of the enemy that makes us think that we're not. But if we can just come to a place where we can just bear all in front of God, maybe even just bear all in front of each other, come together, share your, your, your fears, share your worries, I honestly believe that out of genuine obedience, God is going to move in mighty ways through this church through our nation and through the world. 
I'm just going to leave it there this morning, but I, I'll, I'll finish close, closing in prayer in a second. But I just really hope and I pray that this morning that this has been encouraging for even just one person. There's so much, there's so much stuff. There's so many plans that God has to bring life. There's so much joy to be had. There's so much uh, amazement in situations where we overcome our fear. Even in our own church, we've got so many different awesome ministries going on. And, and there's lots of places that need to be filled. God wants to expand the ministry in this church. What, what's that verse in the Bible that says, the, the harvest is ready, but the workers are few. Let's raise up more workers. Even if, even if it's just one small thing that you can do to help it's just one small thing that God is calling you to do. Let's do it. Let's come together and let's obey God with a genuine heart of obedience because he first loved us. I'm just going to pray as the band comes up. Father, I just thank you so much for who you are. I... Uh, I thank you that I was able to get through this this morning without breaking down. <laughs> I thank you that you are so deeply in love with each person here this morning. Father, I just pray that whatever it is that your spirit is speaking to us, Lord, may we be made aware of what it is, Lord. Help us to uh, not have our eyes on fear. Help us to not have our eyes on earthly things, on uh, difficulties in relationships, in finances, uh, in, in things like that, Lord. Help us to have our eyes on you. Help us to be drawn to you. Help us to just be still and to know that you are God. And Father, help us to know what it is that you're wanting to teach each of us. How it is you're wanting to raise us up, Father. I just pray that, yeah, that we can each be empowered this morning, that your spirit would continue to just dwell in us, Father, and that it can bubble up and overflow, Father, into, into our own lives, into the lives of our family, and into the lives of our friends and co-workers too. Just renew our strength, Father. I thank you so much for the words that were shared uh, in the ministry time this morning. You are a God of family. And we are your sons and your daughters. And we thank you so much for grafting us into your family. And we thank you that you'll never let us go. In Jesus' name, amen.